course. We are dead. We are all dead. We were supposed to make the world a better place. What happened? I'm as mad as hell, but I'm not going to take this anymore. I know Kung Fu. You either die a hero or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. This whole thing is insane. This whole thing is insane. 300 years ago, you'd have been burned at the stake. What do all the men of power want? More power. This is now the United States of Zombieland. This whole thing is insane. Man is even capable of nothing but destruction. Everybody is stuck with the things that they're not proud of. More power. Welcome to the desert. Of the real. More power. There can be only one. Are you a God-fearing man, Senator? You're such a strange phrase. I've always thought of God as a teacher, as a bringer of light, wisdom, and understanding. You see, I think what you really are afraid of is me. Happy heresies and welcome to the desert of the real. Heresy shouldn't be this much fun, but it is, it just is. Especially with the latest AB Live. Audio version for thee in this eternal now and in this red pill cafeteria. Gird your loins to experience David Block's third installment of his thought-provoking presentations. He tackled these topics. The war over DNA. David Bowie and the Black Star, Death and Resurrection, Apocalypse and Renewal, Thagirian, The Skull and Bones, The Demiurgic Labyrinth, Solar Energy, and yes, Belial in relation to his ideas on the Watchers. Even better, David provided advice on how to reject the Archons and rituals, and we covered much more. So please support in any way you can, and it's not hard to support. For example, you can simply pledge a few dollars a month on my Patreon. It really helps, and I can use all the help right now, as we all can. Another way to support, which actually provides you with incredible educational material, is to join the Virtual Alexandria Academy. Explore the wonders of Gnosticism. If you've ever wanted to learn more about the Gnostics, now is the perfect time. My comprehensive online course offers insight and data not found anywhere else on the internet. With more than 20 videos on topics from general and intimate aspects of Gnostic philosophy and theology to its manifestations in modern culture, this is a must-have for those seeking deeper knowledge of this fascinating subject. Don't forget my voiceover availability for any podcast, video game, commercial, audiobook, documentary, or whatever. I'll bring you stellar results with down-to-home professionalism. And if you want to help further, don't forget I have an Amazon wish list and a fantastic merch store. Let us to our latest AB Live. Guide us from the simulation, David. The human body generates more bioelectricity than a 120-volt battery and over 25,000 BTUs of body heat. Combined with a form of fusion, the machines had found all the energy they would ever need. There are fields, endless fields, where human beings are no longer born. We are grown. For the longest time, I wouldn't believe it. And then I saw the fields with my own eyes. Watched them liquefy the dead so they could be fed intravenously to the living. And standing there, facing the pure, horrifying precision, I came to realize the obviousness of the truth. What is the Matrix? Control. 
The Matrix is a computer-generated dream world built to keep us under control in order to change a human being into this. No. I don't believe it. It's not possible. I didn't say it would be easy, Neo. I just said it would be the truth. Stop. Welcome, everybody, to AB Live. Welcome to AM by to the desert of the real. Welcome to a world where men, we wonder why men have nipples, and a world where women cannot show their nipples. This is the crazy world of, uh, as our guest calls him, the Gollum God. And yes, he is something <laughs> illogical and mechanistic, but so happy to see you here. My name is Miguel Connor, and I am still your pompadus of Gnosis, that madman across the waters of creation. Awesome to see everybody going into the chat room. Uh, good to see everybody. I see a cult fan, esoteric teachings. I see some guy named Vance Saatchi. We might have to ban him, Vance. He, yeah. Watch out. For him. He's a troublemaker. Yeah, he, he, he scrolls the chat, you know. <laughs> yeah, he's going to start asking questions about enchilada recipes or something. So you never know with this guy. Oh, we see Chester, Mark Jefferson. Good people. Very intelligent, wise, and deep people. So... Be, it will be a good conversation today as we do the third part in our series with the amazing David Block, my favorite or the greatest occultist in Sweden since Swedenborg. <laughs> David, how are you? It's nice. Nice to be back. Thank you for having me. And well, your audience, wonderful audience are amazing. Good questions. And I will try to answer some of them here today. Uh, in the, I saw them in the comments of the YouTube video. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, always an eye on it. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, yeah. I don't even know what to call your series. When I do promos, I say the enigmatic gods or mercurial gods. Have you thought of what to call this four-part series? Uh, for uh, for uh, the third, this one. The specs of uh, Stardust, yeah. and the last one is Jeans, Monsters, and Men. Uh, but what about like the four series? Uh, uh, yeah, all of them together. Uh, good question. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, I'm we sure. Have to figure that out. out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's why I just call it uh, enigmatic gods or mysterious gods or something like that. How about our yeah. gang? <laughs> our, yeah, our, so. our gang of four sparky and our gang <laughs> <laughs> and vans how are you doing i'm fine uh, this should be interesting always interested in these things indeed underworld creatures yes yes in the shadows at the edge of town uh, that's where we find the gnosis sometimes we find lovecraftian monsters which doesn't end well but we can find gnosis too so the wrong side of the tracks huh yeah exactly exactly so awesome well for those in the chat of course as always uh we will try to get your questions if you super chat them, or if you super chat them, we will definitely get to your questions. So send them along, and we will uh, book some time to deal with these. With your inquiries and so forth, uh, not much housekeeping. Uh, next week, we've got very cool content. Uh, a lot on a special show on UFOs, a double header. That will be sort of a hybrid audio and live with uh, subs getting uh, some extra stuff on uh, on the, on audio. And, uh, yeah, it will be very cool. A new, very exciting new documentary coming out from a very cool filmmaker. We'll have a show on consciousness and the simulation uh, with the amazing Eduardo Cano, who's also an incredible independent researcher. And then uh, a show on Hellenistic goddesses. And uh, yeah, May is going to be supercharged. Definitely don't miss it. We will have shows on the origins of Christianity, the left-hand path of Nietzsche, Luciferianism, and, and a lot more. So thanks for your support and keeping this heresy going. Other than that, I don't think I have any other news unless I can think of so... Uh, David, shall we just jump into the presentation? Yeah. Yeah. Part three, then. 
All right, well, let's let's Belial, specs of the stardust. Nice graphics, too. Thank you a lot, Miguel. Uh, I try to make it a little bit graphic and appealing to the audience as well. <laughs> try to, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, this is part three Belial, specs of stardust. And we are going to talk and focus about Belial uh, on this part. But I will address a lot of different things here. But I will come back to Belial. Uh, bear with me a little bit with this one. I'm going to take you for a, a, a little a, a, on a on journeys here. So just stick with me. Uh, I promise to come back to the subject here. And all, everything is relevant. Right. Right. The graphic is a little bit off here. I don't know why. Maybe uh, mine is a little bit. Well, let me try. Rich. Let me see. I have it uploaded. So let's try see. Maybe the up. All right. Uh... Yeah. Very, very, very good. <laughs> okay. So we'll, we'll use good. mine, David. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what happened. Sorry about this. <laughs> you should be but able to change the slides yourself too, right? So you don't need me. Great. I All try. Right. No, I can't. All right. Just tell me when to change the slides. Yeah. No big deal. Always Let's prepared start. with a backup plan. Yeah, great. Yeah, this is part three. Uh, the part three and four are linked together. So please, uh, some of the information here will spill over to part four. So watch them together when part four comes. And rem remember that uh, there are stuff I talk about here that will have its conclusion in part four. I will remind you of it later on. Part one and two are important if you want to have the full picture of, of what I'm trying to same in this uh, series. series. Uh, I want to make some statements before I start the, the presentation. And I start with this one. They, the elite, have the same kind of technology we had during the time of Atlantis. The watchers want to ignite your spark to free you. The demiurgic elite want to enslave you by modifying your DNA. The war is about your DNA, lux corporalis, or light. And I'm going to talk about some conspiracies here, but I want you to know that be careful with conspiracy. Don't get caught up in it because... The conspiracy in and of themselves will not free you or transform you. And if you only indulge in conspiracies, then the game can be a little bit dangerous. I do it in order to uh, make my esoteric point uh, more clear or clearer for you and to motivate you. The aim is to transform you and strengthen you, not the other way around. The information can be quite hard to take in, but I promise you, stick with me and uh, I will show you because there are good things about it. Don't be passive, but active, both mm -hmm. when we talk about esoteric method theory and you can indulge in conspiracy, but not like don't get caught up in it. I will start to answer some of your questions I saw in the comment field. And what, there were many very good questions. And I want you to say thank you for everyone who have contributed. And it's, it's very strange and a lot of synchronicities here. And I want to talk about it a little bit. Yeah, we can take the next slide. Next slide, all right. Ah, oh, you jumped over one. <laughs> oh, you're right, you're right. There. There you go. A statement from Belial, uh, you are magnificent specks of dust scattered throughout the darkness. Each speck shines like a star and you are a sun or a star in the making, sort of. Uh, and we are here to ignite and to transform. That's our purpose here. That's the reason why we are here. 
So when people say that life is meaning, meaningless, I would say life is only about meaning and nothing else. Yeah, next slide. And a very good quote, I don't remember the one who made it, but it's very good, I think. And it sums up a lot of what we are talking about here. We can accept God becoming man to save man, but not man becoming God to save himself. And I think this is for the most part a mental prison. If you can convince you that you are an animal or if you are here to wait for someone to save you, then you will be passive and that's exactly what they want. I want you to do exactly the opposite. I want you to be active. And I, I know that you can transcend this matrix prison. They can make it harder for you to do so, but they cannot stop you. And the best way to stop you is to, to convince you never to start. Or to say that you are just an animal. Or that you are a sinner and so on. That's, that's a very good method to keep you down. If you believe it, they don't have to do anything more than that, really. Now you start waking up because you have realized this game. So now the, it's harder for them to put you down. That's the reason why all the technology you see all around you is put in place for you to entrap you. And they know you're awakening. They know this, you have this spark. I'm going to talk about it today. So I'm going to come into conspiracy, but don't get caught up in it. But I want to prove my esoteric points there with this conspiracy theories. Yeah. Not the way, other way around. I don't want you to get caught up in it. No, I agree with you. Uh, conspiracies are a narration like myth, occultism, our daily lives. You get caught up in any story and you forget who you are in the bigger yeah. picture. You get lost then, in the story, you lose yourself. Yeah. And it's very dangerous. If you ain't a spirited person, if then it can be very dangerous. But since you are here, I think you are some an esoteric or a spirited person. So I think you can take it <laughs> and understand what I tried to say with it. Yeah. And it's a great quote. Speaking of assistant archons, I wonder if Vance uses Bard and I use Chat GPT. We can find the source. <laughs> <laughs> Rumi. We'll yeah, exactly. <laughs> Rumi. Yeah, just give it to Rumi. Rumi or Martin Luther King or Jung or whatever favorite people you just want to throw a quote on the internet. There you go. Put it in a meme. All right. Shall we go to the next slide, David? Yeah, I want to answer some questions. Um, Sure. And comment on them, I hope. I sure, do it. your call. Yeah. Uh, some some person talked about Enlil and Zeus, and he thought they were the same uh, archon. Uh, but it, 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 I understand why you, you think that. Uh, and uh, so uh, I'm not saying that I know that I'm right, but allow me to tell... My story, my point of view here. Uh, you have uh, this war going on between Marduk and Enlil, and uh, Marduk, the Mordecais build a tower in uh, Babylon, the Tower of Babel. But it was Enlil who who destroyed the tower through through his son Ninurta, and Ninurta is Saturn. It was Ninurta who, who destroyed it with the thunderbolt bolt. Uh, and uh, it was the Mordecais who built this tower. And Marduk and Zeus are both thunder gods. Uh, now Enlil is the storm god, so there is a connection. And there is also a connection with Jupiter, because the war between Enlil and Marduk is over the Jupiter domain, or the Jupiter force. Who controls Jupiter? And Jupiter is electricity, it's a storm, uh, sun or planet, depends on how you view it, but it is a, it is a gas planet. And 
From an esoteric standpoint, I would say it is a sun. Maybe a little bit controversial, uh, but I would state Jupiter is a sun. And I think all our gas giants in our solar system is a stargate as well. So it's, a, it's about control over a stargate and also energy and force and control over humanity in a sense. Therefore, I understand why you uh, think that Enlil and, and Marduk, Zeus is, is very complicated. But I would say that Zeus is Marduk. And that in the Greek mythology, they have combined Zeus, Enlil and Marduk a little bit and created maybe uh, Zeus. And in a way, I think uh, they have combined these gods, Anunnaki gods, in a way later on. They have become almost synonymous with each other. This is very hard to... But Marduk is Enki's son. And Marduk want to uh, create the stargates through this towers or pyramids or uh, cigarettes and Sakurai Sitchin brought in the pyramid wars how Ninurta Enlilsan destroyed the pyramids and that Marduk Zeus Amun-Ra want this pyramid structures there to have the stargates open next slide Hold on, it looks like Vance found the quote that you mentioned. <laughs> yeah. Vernon Linwood Howard, whoever, whoever is that? He's the guy that said, we can accept God becoming man to save man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But... <laughs> <He's> <laughs> <that guy. laughs> well, now you know. All right, let me get the quote out of the way. Where's the quote? All right, we'll get yeah, the Yeah, and you had this person, he talked about the DMT trip. Very interesting. And the 50 names he mentioned is Marduk's 50 name he got when he defeated Tiamat and Kingu. Then Marduk got, got his 50 names. And he said that he saw Jehovah over the pyramids. But th this is a very hard topic to discuss because according to the Mardukites, the Enlilites took over the reign from Marduk. Therefore, it is probably Enlil who, who have taken over the stargates and keep them closed. That's what I think you saw. But it is Marduk who owned the 50 names. But if Enlil defeats Marduk, then he takes over the title and the names and the stargates in order to keep them closed. Makes sense. Maybe they're like passwords. They're very interesting. Yeah, next slide. And to prove my point a little further, we have a Mithra Tarot. Uh, and they have changed the position of the cards in order to fit the Mithra esoteric paradigm. Uh, and then we can see if you take 777 or 770 and 700, you, you see sacrifice, the seven card, or the number seven is the six card, the Hierophant in this case, but the number seven is attached to the card number six. And it's the Hierophant in this case. You see Flammen, the name is Flammen, but the meaning is sacrifice. And if you take the 70 card, you have the sun, Victor Unus, and the meaning is the sun, the sun, of course. And the number 700 is attached to the tower, Ruina, and the meaning is Zeus. So you have sacrifice, sun, Zeus. And um, this is very interesting because when we come to the sun, we always come to 
the phenomena of sacrifice the phenom for some for, for some reason and here you have 777 which is a very esoteric number of course because zero is zero so you really have 777 and i'm going to talk about this more in the next part but i want to mention this because we talked about the tower zeus and little marduk uh, next slide So you have this uh, tower and the 50 names and Jupiter. And I think this is very important. I think all this gas giants in our solar system is stargates and is connected to a fixed star as well. Uh, and I think the stargates are closed. And some say, I have a friend talking about Jupiter and reincarnation. That Jupiter is about our reincarnation circle back again as well. I don't know, but I will, I will continue to look into it. Because then if Enlil have taken over and closed the stargates, then you have the matrix demiurgic prison where we reincarnate back again. And it becomes harder for us to uh, ascend or escape this basic prison. And I think that's part of the war they are raging about our souls. Next slide. You have this Saturn, our sun, Helios and Jupiter according to me, three stargates connected to one of these 15 fixed stars. There are more fixed stars, but these are the main fixed stars we used to talk about in esoteric practices. And I, I, I think I have, I have, a, I'm going to talk about what, which of these planets are connected to what fixed star. But I want to wait a little bit and I want to do a little more research on it. But I have a theory about it. But I think these three gas giants are connected to one or more fixed stars. And the fixed star is outside of the zodiac. Therefore, you escape this uh, matrix if you go into the into one of the stargates. Next slide. And one more point I want to talk about, and it was a very good uh, uh, answer or comment as well. And it was about Fenrir, Fenrir and uh, the force behind it. It's very dark, this person said, and yes, there are forces out there you don't want to mess with. Uh, and it sounds strange, I'm talking about the Watchers, and for many, they are the, the main villains, but there are much, much more darker forces out there, so you shouldn't mess with. The Jinns are, are one of the, those. The Jinns are, aren't there to help you but they are, we use them in attack magic or baneful magic to hurt others. I will never do it because I think it's a dead end. And Fenris is certainly not a good force. It's an evil force. But the thing here, what Belial said and da did, is like when this technology, our technology, gets more and more advanced, we can open up the material world and allow these forces to to come in and wreak havoc and i think fenrir is not like a wolf it's like more a metaphysical force dark identity who who blotted out our sun because it was so dark but they open up this possibility with technology mm -hmm. So it's technology, we're talking about Atlantis and the technology they had there. And 
I claim it was very advanced. They can open up gates, stargates, and so on, and let these forces loose on our planet. And I think what Belial is saying, that rather than humanity end up in a slave state under Zeus or Enlil, he rather destroy it and to take down humanity into the darkness in order to uh, save the spark or or um, allow us to to find our way out of this prison rather than keep us there forever or for a very long time that's what i think happened Your ascent requires destruction, for you and your kind are the great destroyers. And uh, we humans, <laughs> we like to view ourselves, of course, as nice fellows. But <laughs> if we are honest with ourselves, we, we bomb <laughs> bombard ourselves, uh, our own race, we rage war, we are very fast to yeah. take destructive actions. And I think that what the watch is saying here is we are also transforming and evolving through this struggle to new heights. We need this. We don't need war, but we need struggle. We need something to bang our heads against in order to evolve. If you have too good, if you have it very nice home and everything is okay, then nothing happens really. We are, then we are standing still. And it's better to have these forces to push us forward than to stand still. Because the Watcher's only interest is to awaken us. Awaken or die. <laughs> it's like their message. <laughs> and you will come back. But you have to awaken. And it's through struggle you will awake, transform. You need something to push you forward. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Next slide. So the greatest weapon you have is your DNA. And everything, not everything, but the most important things happening today is about your DNA. I'm going to talk about quite heavy stuff here today and in part four even more so but i promise you it's a good thing in the end because there are a certain elite who want to modify your dna with technology right now next slide i don't know about that david i'm sure our government and scientists only want the best for us i'm sure they just as they of always have, as they always have throughout history yeah, yeah, yeah. no self-interest there no no agenda <laughs> yeah belial states by harnessing the sound of silence or the sound of the hebrew alphabet which are associated with each path upon the tree of knowledge. The first 22 strands of encoded information can be activated within the race of man. This is to take back the book of life from the false god. And in the center of this tree, you have a, a cliff or sephiroth called, the sephiroth is called Tiferet. And the, the cliff on the other side is called Thagirion. And Thagirion is the black sun. And Tiferet is the sun, the bright sun. And it is in the center of it all. It is the heart of the tree. It is the black star behind 
Tiferet. And what Belial is state here is you have to go, you have to dare to go on the into the backside of the tree, into the cliffotic tree of knowledge, in order to ignite your DNA again. And uh, I said in previous episode, Prometheus that Prometheus Lucifer saved the spark within man and planted in Nama and saved it in Noah's Ark, through Noah's Ark, in order for you to be able to ignite it again later on. And uh, Prometheus Lucifer knew that Enki wanted to save his upgraded race, the Nephilim. Mm -hmm. And you have the Nephilim DNA within you in in various uh, mixture of course but you have it so when you say that ne- the nephilim is evil you're <laughs> talking about yourself i don't know if that <laughs> this is very good <laughs> but uh, that what it is you have kingus blood within you or belial's blood within you it is because you can ignite this dna they cannot take it away. They can take it away from you if you allow them to do so. Next slide. So you have these 22 Hebrew letters and these 22 strands of DNA. And one method, esoteric method, how to ignite your DNA again is to walk the path on the cliffotic tree and transform you. And this is very important. The tunnels are as important as the cliffa themselves. It is through the tunnels you like uh, harness these forces and make them uh, stick or uh, to, to have them uh, uh, anchored within you. So the, tu- the tunnels are as important as the cliff. You cannot only work with the, cl- the cliffas. You should work with the tunnels as well. And the Hebrew letters. And this Hebrew letters is, uh, is, is the stuff that, uh, they program the matrix with. It's like ones and zeros in, in a computer game or a, a computer program. This is the the letters they have programmed our reality with they are very important some think that the hebrew letters come from our runes here in sweden or the nordic runes uh, and i'm sure that the runes doesn't originate here in no- in in the north but uh, there are very interesting history here in sweden about uh, johannes Bureus. Uh, and he was a teacher to our king, Gustav II, and his daughter, Christina. They had tried to keep him a secret, but he's the main teacher behind this uh, very important king and queen. And he was writing a book about this, where he tried to combine the runes with the Hebrew letters. Uh, very interesting. Johannes Bureus is his name. Next slide. So you can take the 22 cards from the Mayor Arcana uh, and put it on the tree of life or the cliffotic tree. And you have, a, have this card spread all over the tunnels. And you can work with this 22 cards as well, meditate on them. But choose a tarot card with the Hebrew letters on them. Uh, like Alice Crowley's card is very good, the Toth Tarot card. Then you have a, a Hebrew letter attached to every card as well. And you can meditate on the Hebrew letters and you can write them as sigils or uh, mandalas. And you can have results only from, from the Hebrew letters. Uh, and you can combine them. Uh, and you can combine uh, different cards and 
is a very interesting method if you you understand how to use them. And it's a good start as well if you want to have an esoteric method to start with. The 22 cards in the Mayor Arcana is very it's a good soft start if you want to to have it an easy start or a starting point that it ain't that harsh. If you don't want to start to work with the Cliffhotic tree, then I recommend the 22 card from the Mayor Arcana. But the Hebrew letters should be attached to the card as well. Yeah, next slide. So in the center of it all, we have Tiferet. And Tiferet is the sun. And we can see three cards from three uh, uh, cards on the tunnels. Uh, one is from Yesod, for example, goes to Tiferet, and it's art. Another one is the devil, and the other one is death. You have more card going to Tiferet because it's the center of it all. But let's focus on these three cards. Uh, if you add them together, we got the number 42. And 42 is a very important number. It's a solar number. And this uh, Tiferet is... Uh, very, very important for many reasons. And you have David Bowie singing about this black star. Right. And then we are on the other side of Tiferet, uh, the black sun, black star. And we are going to a series. And you have this lady on card number 14 mixing this uh, masculine and feminine forces, energies together. And you have uh, the Baphomet taking uh, form here because it's really about uh, it's a little bit more advanced than that but you have this wonderful rainbow behind this green lady and it says uh, visit the interior of the earth and by rectifying it you will find the philosopher's stone and this is the path you have to, you don't have to, but this is one path you can take uh, and you will confront the black sun. But when you do it, you should be very, very <laughs> careful because if you want to gain or ignite your DNA, you can make sure some forces are there to take the force energy from you as well. Because when you start to transform, more energy will produce in your body. You will have more light within you. And uh, different spirits, strange creatures start to turn, out, turn up to take the force away from you or the energy that you have produced. And children, of course, have a very pure energy. Uh, they are very light. And uh, this free card also, you have death. It's about your death. And it's about your resurrection. And it's your overcoming the devil. Because when you do this, you will also gain powers and you will start to see things others don't. And you have to overcome your ego in order for you not to uh, for, uh, fall or become a person who start to manip manipulate others in order to gain your uh, own power, knowledge and, and money and knowledge for the sake of controlling others. You have to overcome the devil and the materiality of things. And then you have the tower after the devil. And this is very important as well. Yeah, next slide. And the sun card, of course, is about Tiferet. But we can see here two children are, are dancing around. And of course, this is very bright. When the sun comes, when the spring comes, everyone is happy, everyone's dancing. And it's a very beautiful card. 
but the Karl's number is 19, of course, because you have this. So the sun's corona, and you have the number 19, uh, as in uh, a pandemic, they are uh, trying to force or hoist on humanity right now. And there is an agenda here, of course. Of course. Yeah. Next slide. And on the other side, we have the black sun, Tagirion. And our sun, Helios, number is 111. But the black sun, its number is 666. Mm. And this 666, we start to pile up. You will see it all over this pandemic thing. And there's a reason for it. I'm going to prove it to you. Uh, David Bowie are writing in this beautiful song. I, uh, maybe you have seen the video. I'm a black star, I'm a black star. At the center of it all, your eyes, your eyes. And in this music video, you have skulls, you have a book with a black star. Uh, you have people shaking as if they were like in hell or Tartarus. They seem to be dead. Mm -hmm. If you haven't seen it, do it because it's very <laughs> esoteric. Right. And David, I uh, David Bowie was very interested in esoteric matters. Therefore, I know he he knows what he's talking about. And I'm going to make it very clear. I think I hope what is he's talking about here. Yeah. Next slide. All right, I will go back to The Shining, and I know I've talked a lot about The Shining on your channel, Miguel, but I want to hammer home a couple of points here. Sure. Uh, I hope you will like it. In the movie The Shining, you have one scene where you can clearly see the Red Book by Jung, Carl Gustav Jung. When I saw it, I was started thinking about the room 237. Therefore, I wanted to see what's on the page 237 in the red book. And this is the big book, not the little one. You can buy a little one, more yeah. easy to handle. But this is the big book, page 237, as in room 237. And you have a heading there. Uh, and the name of the heading is Descent into Hell in the Future. Next slide. And under this heading, Descent into Hell in the Future, it says, of Carl uh, Gustav Jung writes, a thousand serpent crowd around, wailing the sun. Deep night falls, a red stream of blood, thick red blood springs up, surging for a long time, then ebbing. I am seized by fear. What did I see? Oh. And a footnote. I was in great confusion as to the meaning of all those things I had seen. The beetle, of course, I knew to be an ancient sun symbol and a setting sun. A dark sun. Or, uh, and this is a footnote, and I didn't take all the the text under the descent into hell head, he heading, therefore, if, if yeah, just a part of it. But this is from the same heading, descent into hell in the future. He made a footnote about it. He's talking about the sun, the dark sun, the, the beetle, the Egyptian sun symbol. He's talking about red blood, streams of blood, descent into hell. Next slide. So we have this room 237. And of course, if you take 2 plus 3 plus 7, you get 12. But if you take 2 times 3 times 7, you get number 42. Yeah. And it's a sun number. But it is the moon room. And I think I proved it beyond any doubt in, the, in my decoding. But the moon and the sun is connected here. 
This is the red book by Carl Gustav Jung, 2009, page 237. And you can buy that book. It's quite expensive because it's a huge book. Oh, yeah, <laughs> but it's, very, it's a wonderful book, but maybe $200 today. I don't know. <laughs> It was 100 when I bought it in 2009. So. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Inflation. Yeah, exactly. But it's a very interesting book. Next slide. So we have this heading, Descent into Hell in the Future. And we have this a red stream of blood in the room with the shining, of course. And you have this face on Danny who sees this stream of blood. A red stream of blood, what did I see? Room 237. And then you have a shirt on, it, on him, says number 42. The number 42 is on his shirt. Oh. So it's a Stanley Kubrick new things. <laughs> of course, yes. And I'm going to prove it. Next slide. So I have this, this Thagirion, and Thagirion in the Greek mythology, is na the name of Thagirion in Greek mythology is Tartos, it's the same thing. And the number is 666. And this is behind the sun, the dark sun. And it probably leads to Sirius, our twin sun. Therefore, Helios, our sun, is a stargate leading to Sirius. And then we can talk about the Bible and the New Testament and what it's all about, because uh, Jesus was crucified at age 33, and he has a sun behind his head, and he had to descend and, <laughs> and uh, defeat Satan and all of that. Next slide. So in the movie, The Shining, you have this gold room or the sun room because it is what it is, the sun room. Or more correct, it is Fagirion 666. And you see all these people, the dead people, the ghosts, because they have ended up in Tartals. And uh, this ghosts or people are in hell. Next slide. And you have uh, uh, Jack in this Baphomet position in the end of the movie. You see him in, in the picture there. Uh, uh, and the, the initiatory process of Thagirun is also represented by Shiva, the image of the conjoined forces of Lilith and Samael, signifying the diamond of the shadow self of the initiate, or they may appear as one being manifested as Baphomet. And of course, Jack confronts Lilith in the moon room or room 237. The problem with Jack is he cannot uh, overcome these forces. As I said before, when you do this journey, don't uh, become a prey for the forces. You should overcome them, work through them, or transform yourself through them. If you cannot defeat the devil, then you become the devil yourself. And of course, this is what the movie The Shining is all about because Danny overcome the devil and transform himself to a new state with this uh, method. Now, he doesn't use the method, but that's the symbol, symbolism, symbolic uh, meaning of the movie. And you have something we call ambrosia, nectar of the gods. And that's, of course, is energy, solar energy, your DNA or your looks, uh, corporalis, because there are forces feeding on your energy. And there are forces waiting for you to feed on your energy. And children are, of course, very vulnerable for this. And you can call it ambrosia nectar of the gods if you want to. 
next slide. And uh, a quote from, from a Neoplatonist, I don't remember who it was, but I can check it out. Uh, the busy bees are the souls drawn towards incarnation by their desire for honey delicious, the pull of material satisfactions. Wow. And uh, you can see a beehive is a six-sided hexagon, really. And the bees are connected to nectar or honey. And it's because this elite, so-called elite, I don't want to call them that, but they have lost their spark. Therefore, they cannot ascend. Therefore, their playground becomes the material world because they can't escape it themselves. And uh, it's a little bit beautiful symbolism in Matrix. Smith says, I want to get out of here. I need to get out of here. I need a key. I need an in key. It's, uh, it sounds a little, it says, right, key. It's very interesting. <laughs> and he says he's stuck there and hates it. He wants to get out of there, but he can't. Uh, he found a way, maybe, but this elite have lost the spark. You have your spark. Prometheus Lucifer gave you this spark. You can transcend this. You don't have to be in this matrix. But if they can't, and if their game is to keep you here in order to, uh, to play the power games, they will try to keep you here and they try, they want to feed on you. They will feed on you. Yeah, next slide. And of course you can see this in the famous floor ground <laughs> in The Shining. Maybe the most iconic thing from the movie, really, uh. this floor with the hexagon. And there is no coincidence that Stanley Kubrick chose this floor. Everything is done for a purpose. And Danny is sitting and kneeling on this hexagon and playing. But he, it wake, wakes him up as well. It wakes him up for these forces who try to take his force from him. And he stands up against them to try to fight them and he succeed but jackie doesn't maybe he had, he had failed long before and he had reincarnated back reincarnated back he's stuck there you have always been here you have always been the caretaker next slide so a statement from belial Codes of divine power were once written within this junk DNA. They have been extracted by the manipulation of the environmental stimulus. The fruit you produce, which is the fruit of the tree of life, is only enough to be harvested by the iconic emanations. Your existence is food. Thought is the hidden sephira because if mankind had access to this side of existence by default, they could not be enslaved and harvested to benefit the archons. Hmm. And that's a very powerful statement. Yes, and agreed 100%. <laughs> yeah. Next slide. And now I will prove to you that Stanley Kubrick knew what he was doing, beyond any shadow of a doubt. If you just <laughs> bear with me here, because now we're going to talk about the demon lord ruling over Thagirion, the black sun. And the demon lord ruling over Thagirion is Belfegor. And I will make some statements about Belfegor, his attributes. Worshipped as a sun god by the Moabites. Fagirun Antichrist, the Apocalypse, Beast 666. 
Lilith Samuel conjoined Baphomet, the beast 666 Shiva. The dark labyrinth of the black sun, Belfegor, lord of the dead. Death images manifesting as cemeteries, burial places, bones and skulls. Organate from the Syrian Baal Peor, phallic sun god. Peor, Hebrew means open mouth and bowels. Remember open mouth and bowels. This is very important. In rites he appears as a statue with an open mouth revealing the entrance to a tunnel. Enter the black sun through the gullet. Worship by orgies and rites. His depiction with phallic images sometimes with a phallus in his mouth. Belfigor, the domain of lust and sexual depravation. And you can see Belfigor's sigil. And it is a phallus. Among other things. But <laughs> this yeah. is very important. And remember, Peor meaning open mouth and bowels. Keep that in mind. Next slide. So you have the Jack and the Jack is as a demiurge in the movie and as Samael. And Samael is pointed out in the Christian, among the Christian Gnostic as, as the demiurge. I don't really agree with it. In, in it is true in on some level, but Samuel is also a trickster. Mm-hmm. For example, in the movie The Shining, Danny wakes up because of Samuel, because he had to overcome him. But we have more demiurgs. I think Enlil is one of them, as I mentioned before, and we have. Also, Zeus. <clears throat> but in the movie, Stanley Kubrick points out Samael. But remember that it's because of Samael, Jack, Danny is awakened. We need this struggle. We need this. Uh, we need something to, to struggle against in order to transform, progress. Once again, I want to remind you of Belfigor here. Lily Samuel equals Baphomet, the B666 Shiva. And you had this picture in the end where Jack stands as uh, Baphomet. And he has confronted Lilith in the moon room, and they together equals Baphomet. That's the reason why this mysterious picture in the end. It ain't that mysterious any longer, but before it was a mysterious thing, I think. The dark labyrinth of the black sun, Belvegor, lord of the dead. And you have this dark labyrinth in the movie The Shining. And you have death images manifesting as cemeteries, burial places, bones and skulls. And you have this burial, Indian burial ground within this labyrinth. And you have bones and skulls in the extra scenes. I don't know if they are in every version, but in some version you have this elite sitting and there are skulls and skeletons all over the place. I think it is the lady who confronts them. I don't remember. But I think you get the point what Stanley Kubrick is talking about. He's talking about Thagirion. He's talking about the black sun. And he's talking about the gold room or the sun room. And this elite are stuck there. Jack has always been the caretaker. Uh. And what Stanley Kubrick says is like Jack is drawn back there because that's his like prison over and over again. He's stuck there. He's the caretaker of Fagirio. And there you have it. 
You'll be blown away in the second part as David provides a plan to defeat the Gollum God and his Archons. Please support this Red Pill Cafeteria for the second part, or if you find any value in the content. There are many ways to sub and many ways to support, and one will fit your needs or budget. Thanks for being here. Thanks for being yourself, your true self, here in the desert of the real. Hello and goodbye, as always.